0: Welcome to The Signal Podcast, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury, purpose guide and founder of a transformation consultancy called 822 Group. I left my career as an executive at a global PR firm to live my purpose, helping leaders and businesses realign with their own purpose by reconnecting with their intuition. Through this work, I've really become a student of people's stories, you know, the things we tell ourselves that hold us back. And by accepting my own intuitive gifts, I've helped countless people recognize the power of their intuition and reconnect to their higher self.
1: I have a question for Maury about intuition at work. You know, specifically, sometimes I feel like if I follow my intuition, uh, it may lead to situations where I'm trying to be humorous or I'm trying to put a spin on a situation and it may not be received super well on the other side. So it's about walking that fine line between intuition and authenticity. You wanna be authentic, But sometimes an authentic version may not be the most politic version in the workplace. How do you walk that line? Thanks.
0: Listen, I think that intuition at work is the hardest place to hone this signal. And that's because corporate culture's entire purpose is conformity. Think about it. When you work somewhere, they tell you, this is how we behave. These are our values. This is what success looks like here. And everyone is trying to just keep marching to that drumbeat. So it's kind of dangerous to have a different drumbeat that's your own, that is so connected to this powerful signal, and to talk about it, to act from it is going to naturally make you not conform. And I just want to I want to say that because I want people to understand if it doesn't feel easy, it's been designed to not feel easy. It's been designed by corporations, organizations, higher education institutions, like these systems want conformity. And intuition is all about not conforming. The other thing is that in certain corporate cultures it's sort of like the Hunger Games, right? So The competition to get ahead is so severe. I mean, I feel this so clearly. I worked at an agency and I worked at an agency where we competed from one office to the other for revenue. Think about what that did to what was best for our client. Forget the highest good of me or anyone else. It was about teaching us competition so that we kept driving that revenue higher. And then we would do things out of this desire to win rather than this desire to tap in, use our creativity, which is what our clients are paying us for. Creativity and intuition are so beautifully entangled. Yeah, we did good work, but could it have been even better if this this sense of competition didn't exist so much? That was part of why it didn't feel good to me anymore, right? Because that wasn't, allowing me to be my full self. It felt like I was going to lose. And so I just want to tell this caller, you know, if you're in an environment where it feels like you have to compete to win, really check. It's going to be hard, but that fear of what losing and winning looks like and what not conforming is going to look like for you. We talked about validation addiction in a past episode. Validation addiction is really prevalent at work. Because you need other people's approval of what you're doing to succeed, to survive there, let alone to thrive there. I mean, let's say you have a supervisor who's not emotionally intelligent and they decide your career. What are you gonna do? How are you going to show up as this powerful, aligned with your higher self, intuitive being with someone who might be intimidated by that? What does that mean for you? I've been in that situation many times where the more I stepped into that power, the more this supervisor would try to push me out of rooms because it made them look bad. That's just the truth. And so I think you need to really be clear at work. I'm passionate about this because this is the stuff I work with CEOs and leaders on. It's like, what is the dynamic you're creating for people to feel like they can be truly seen and valued. This is why diversity and inclusion programs drive me nuts. They're important. The training is important, but you know what we're seeing? It's not working. Why is it not working? Because you still have leaders there that are demanding conformity, because you still have leaders there that are not valuing diverse perspectives. They're not really wanting you to be different. They want you to be the same, and they want you to not make them uncomfortable. And I want you to know that when you really get aligned with your intuition, you're going to make people uncomfortable. And you've got to check your validation addiction at the door because they are not going to have the tools to validate you. There is no way. First of all, remember this, everyone is in a hurricane of their own. What I mean by that is they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about their own stuff. How do I look good? How do I sound good? How do I get ahead? How do I hold on to this power? How do I make sure this person respects me? Lots of leaders out there are very insecure about the power they have. And so they're interacting with you from that place. And you're looking to them to validate you? It's all scrambled. They're in their own hurricane. They're worried about their own stuff. They're not going to be able to see you clearly and validate you. So I think that for this caller and for any of you that are really navigating this at work, and I think you can hear it in my voice, I've walked this path. I know how hard this is. It's really important to stop and say, this is not about me. This reaction I'm getting from this person, supervisor supervisor or otherwise, is about them. And if they can't see me, if they can't value what they're seeing, that is their lack. It is not my lack. And in fact, the more you let your signal break through, the more it's going to help you navigate what to do in those moments. When you recognize, oh, I'm not going to be seen or valued here. All right, so what next? How do I navigate this? What what? How do I show up in a way that's for my highest good and for the benefit of all of these people?
1: Yeah, and this listener almost hinted at, do I have to sacrifice listening to my intuition yeah. to make people feel comfortable around me or to, to be a good coworker or a good boss? What do you think about sacrificing listening to that or, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah,
0: I want you to know, caller, that you have that idea because that idea has been implanted in your mind. Because the idea that you have to sacrifice your individual voice for the collective voice is how corporate culture works. So it's not necessarily your idea. It's been incepted in there. And I want you to bust that myth and understand that actually the more that you can use your voice— you are going to help drive momentum even further towards what the company is trying to accomplish right and this is what i really wish leaders would understand is if we can give people the grace and the empowerment of their own signal and their own voice, that actually you'd be surprised how much more they can drive your, your goals as a, as a corporation forward. So, you know, yes, you feel like you have to sacrifice your voice, but you have to really try to not give into that temptation. And you, then I would watch and see how others react around you. You start to become a magnet. You start to become that one like wise person that people are always checking in with and remember boundaries on that. You're not there to solve everyone's problem. Once you do start to get that attention, remember your own boundaries of time and energy. But just pay attention that the more you follow your intuition, the more people are going to actually be magnetized to it. But this caller said something interesting, which is that they will utilize humor to try and say something uncomfortable. And I was just doing a workshop with a leadership team from a tech startup. And one of the things we realized was that they use Uh, self-deprecating humor when things get uncomfortable. And we spent 45 minutes really peeling apart how unproductive that is. So think about humor and how you're using it. If you're using it to skirt around something without saying it directly, it's not as productive as you think. And you kind of lose credibility because if it's not done with the right intention, it comes off as passive aggressive. So I just really want people to understand humor at work. Love it. I love to laugh, but make sure you're not trying to make a point through the joke. Like if you're trying to make me laugh, great. If you want to tell me something, particularly if it's coming from this highly aligned, aware, conscious place, say it. The power of just saying it is important. We make it into a joke because we're trying to make people comfortable. And we're trying to make people comfortable, which means we're trying to keep them from growing. So always remember that every time you have the temptation to do something because you want to make someone else comfortable, I literally make the people I coach say this out loud. If I'm trying to make them comfortable, what does that mean? It means I don't want them to grow. That's what you're doing.
1: You mentioned a minute ago diversity and inclusion. I I just want to give a little bit of space here for you to talk specifically to people in the workplace who maybe have it a little bit tougher. Like the the woman in the workplace who's trying to participate in the C-suite, the person of color. Like, Does any of this kind of intersect with that discussion?
0: Oh my God. I have been there. I mean, I will never forget. I was so excited about a program I had created at my agency. This is way before I left. And I really wanted to do it. I wanted to make it a global program. And again, remember, each office was competing for revenue. And it just did that did not work. And so the person who thought that it was their job, male, to come up with programs like this, called the president of my office and said, Maury is overly aggressive. And the president of that office thought that it was appropriate to come tell me that, which is shocking. And what I said to them was, would you say this to a man? What does that mean? overly aggressive. So that this is real. I mean, it is real that because of the way that you look, people are going to think that they can treat you differently, leave you out, minimize your voice, and I really think that the onus is on both sides, right? The onus is on the leadership to figure out their own shit and figure out why they allow this to continue. Why are they so uncomfortable that it's okay to come tell a female she's overly aggressive rather than, let me check my own bias and figure out if that's even acceptable, one. But two, the onus was on me. The onus is on us to speak up and say, no, not acceptable. And as hard as that was for me, I mean, I was much younger. I think I was in my late 20s, you know, speaking to someone who I really respected They're just, that's when the signal came through clear. It was like, you are not gonna be able to leave this office today if you let that sit like that. If that person's gonna tell you you're aggressive, when you watch the men in this office be way more aggressive, take business from you. But this was not acceptable, you need to say something. And so I think it's also just making sure you're checking your own fear against that signal. And like, do you have my back signal? (laughs) Like, am I gonna be able to say this and be okay? You will always be okay. Hey, Signal listeners, if you're listening to this episode and it's sounding a little too familiar, you should know you're not alone. As of November 2021, 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs, citing toxic work culture and bad leadership as their main reasons for leaving. But my team and I at 822 group believe that leaving doesn't have to be the only solution. You can spark a conversation about change in your organization by sharing this episode with your leaders. And for you leaders who may have had this shared with you, it's time to take the hint and take some action. Good news, 822 Group is here to help. Head over to the link in our show notes to learn more about how my transformation consultancy, 822 Group, can help you transform turmoil into triumph. Visit 822group.com backslash signal for more. That's the word eight and the numbers 22group.com backslash signal.
1: So what, what would you say to the manager out there, somebody who's overseeing some people? They're listening, they're trying, but they're scared. What if I unleash intuition in all of my workforce? What's going to happen? I'm nervous. What would you say to that person if you could go back in time and talk to that some of those managers you've well, had? Well, I
0: think it's such an important topic. I think we're going to do a whole separate episode on leadership and intuition. And so I would say listen to that because I really— I'm going to get into the details of what I do with leaders to teach them to be intuitive. But I would say that the most powerful thing you can do is self-awareness. Just really have that curiosity about your own baggage and what are you trying to make people do? Are you trying to help them grow? Or are you trying to get them to make you comfortable, to make your ego feel like you are the smartest, the most creative, the best boss, whatever the heck it is you need from them, be really aware of what you're asking of them. And if it's about you, then it's not about them.
1: Do you think there's a problem with people who are on this journey trying to be a teacher in the workplace, teach other people how to be intuitive? Or do you encourage people to do that? You mentioned the word magnet a few times. Where's the line between connecting with your own signal and helping other people connect with theirs?
0: You know what I would notice and still notice? I mean, now I think I'm more known for it. So it happens. But even before I started talking about it like this, People would come to me for advice. It was that simple. It would be like, well, what do you think I should do about X, Y, or Z? Again, we've said this in past episodes the best way to teach alignment with your higher self, to teach this really centered, wise, intuitive stance, is to be it and live it and just let people watch you do it courageously. You know, don't, if you are a female in the workplace, do not underestimate how those younger females are watching you in those meetings. I've had people tell me to this day, we were in a meeting and there was 30 people in there and you said this one thing and I'll never forget it. And I'm like, I don't even remember that moment. So this is what I mean, people are watching you and when you have the courage to say the thing that's aligned to your higher self and People can tell you're not conforming in that moment. That is the greatest lesson that they will learn, particularly the younger people around you. So I think living it is so, so important. And then, like I said, you have to have really clear boundaries because you then cannot become people's therapist and problem solver, right? You're not a um, container for people to vent to either. People need to be accountable for their own solutions. One of the rules we used to have when I would lead a big team is when they would set up a meeting with my assistant, she would say, do you have the solution ready before you come and meet with Maury? Because I was happy to listen, but I was not going to do the intellectual labor of solving your problem for you. You were going to do that and I can coach you to get there, but there has to be an accountability. Just because you're an intuitive, just because you know how to lean into this doesn't mean you do the intellectual or the emotional labor for other people. They need to do that work.
1: Are there any other conversation starters we can leave the person in the workplace with, with coworkers, with maybe managers, or just this is something I'm thinking about. I'm processing this. I'm trying to listen to my intuition here. What's some of that language that you found helpful?
0: Yeah, I think one of them is like, hey guys, how much groupthink are we doing here? You know, I love that question at the end of a, you know, not at the end, that's annoying. But as you all are co-creating something in a room or trying to solve a problem in a room, if you could be the one that's like, anyone feel differently or hey, I might feel differently. Let me speak up. How much groupthink is happening? The the reverse of that is this let me play devil's advocate is my pet peeve. Don't do that nonsense because that's not productive unless you're a lawyer, right? But if you really want to contribute, it's not let me play devil's advocate. It's I'm sensing we need to also look at this avenue. Be honest about that Um, and use the language, the second thing of intuition, I'm hearing X. I'm sensing Y. I really feel in my gut, if that's what you're comfortable saying, and you don't want to say intuition because it sounds crazy at work, my gut's really telling me dot, dot, dot. And I tell people sometimes, listen, if you feel like you're being disregarded over and over again, put that stuff in writing. As someone who managed crisis, put that stuff in writing. If your gut really is telling you something and people are ignoring you, send an email. Make sure it's on the record.
1: That's great. Well, good way to end the episode here is um, for me to re- repeat back something I've heard you say. What I'm hearing you say, yes. and I love that phrase, <laughs> is uh, is to trust your intuition in the workplace and to uh, communicate clearly with people. And so back to the, the caller, just as we're wrapping up here, I think um, be careful how you're using hu- humor, right? Yeah. But trust your intuition and don't sacrifice that for other people.
0: Don't stay small for other people. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in to The Signal Podcast. You know, when I started this podcast, my hope was to help you walk away with a belief in your intuition and a clear understanding about how to tune into it. And I'm just so excited that you listened to today's episode. And I just want to make one small ask, a tiny favor. Would you please consider sharing this episode with someone in your life who you think could benefit from relearning to trust themselves? I think that they would appreciate it. And I certainly appreciate you. You can find more from me on Instagram at Maury Fontanez and by visiting mauryfontanez.com. This podcast is hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and produced by Terra Firma Audio. I'd like to thank the talented team at Terra Firma, Casey and Jack, for being such amazing partners, Uh, our wonderful sound engineer, Jordan Newell, Lauren Hall, my amazing literary agent who's believed in my ability to talk about intuition, I think before I did, and my really amazing husband, who is so supportive and trusts my guidance so that I trust my own guidance more and more, our amazing 4 kids for putting up with all of the intuition talk that happens in our home and my family back at home. Thank you all. I couldn't have done this without you.